Jonathan E. Mr. Andrew Diamond, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. Oh, I'm a little loud. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of suck at this. <laughs> we were really good for a bit. I don't know what happened. It's been really busy. I mean, we got a lot going on. We've had a change of where we're living. We're working yeah. full time. We ha- also have a life outside of work. So it's been interesting. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, the the work life balance is rough, and uh, sometimes I just want to come home, and this is reality, and I just want to rest, or I want to go out and actually work out after I, after I finish work and out in this very hot temperature where I work. But yeah, I actually told somebody asked me how the running competition was going, and I guess no we way. never officially announced it. But I won the running competition. I still owe you food. <laughs> you still owe me food. I forgot about I that. Do. Thank you yeah, for reminding I'll, me. I'll that. buy you. No, dude. I will absolutely buy you as a means of congratulate. A congratulatory. Maybe we can do another one. You know. Well, well so I was thinking actually, I, my idea was like, let's get a weightlifting competition going. To which wow. the person replied, "Isn't Johnny a body lift, a power lifter?" And I was like, "Yeah, but you know." It's all right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. I wonder who this person is, but maybe we can disclose the name later. I think you know who it is. Oh, I see. Okay. For sure. Uh, uh, so what you been up to, man? Oh, just, you know, work. <laughs> okay. So we, we decided collectively, both Andrew and I, to disclose the companies that we work at. Is it correct, Andrew? Oh, I didn't know that we did, were doing that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm but okay it, with that. It, it, it comes with a caveat. Now, we work for two separate companies, so this is our last episode. I'm kidding. Um, we work at two separate companies. Now, we I do want to say this, and Andrew, you might want to say it as well, but whatever we say now, just like you know, in the ULA episode with Edge, whatever we say now uh, is our own opinion, right? It is not a representation of what our company is, and we're. it is purely just... I don't know how to say this in a formal way, but I am representing me and I'm not representing the Boeing company. Yeah, I think the official way to say it is like uh, the thoughts and opinions of what I'm about to say is reflective of only me and not the company that you work at. For you, it's Boeing and for me, it would be Northrop Grumman. Yes, so that embodies both. So the cat is out of the bag. Andrew, you work for Gorthrop Grumman and I work for... (laughs) The Boeing Company, <laughs> or the Boeing Company. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get letters tomorrow saying like, "Hey, you're fired." You're fired. Uh, so, uh, the reason why we decided to bring that up is basically because we work in two very different um, environments uh, for more than one reason. I think I mentioned it last time. Johnny works on primarily air stuff and i work on space stuff mm-hmm. um and uh we want to kind of highlight the differences not in between aero and astro because i think that's something that we've kind of touched on before but more just kind of like what we do at the company to some extent and like 
how different the work environment is where we're at and the location and because that's important to some people i know it's oh, important yeah. for me i would not want to live where johnny is currently living just because <laughs> i enjoy the beach and i don't want to live in the desert right so i mean i i think we're gonna just go over because there's a lot of things to talk about regarding it can be work culture because the companies though we have found a lot of similarities in what we, the details, certain details regarding the companies that we respectively work for. We do find that there are still differences and including the differences would be um, some things that add to those differences would be location of where you work, um, uh, the company you work for, uh, what projects or contracts are being done at those specific locations. Cause not all locations do the same exact thing. And so, I think it would be a good idea to tackle and we, we, we tried doing this before and we never really, this never really came to fruition, but there are certain roles and positions that we have, and maybe we can talk about those things. And on top of that, uh, if there are more things that are done at our respective companies without disclosing too much information, if we can just give a broad overview of what each of us respectively do and what the surrounding people around us may possibly do. I think that would be a really good way to kind of set the tone for, I guess, catching some people up on what we do and also kind of giving a glimpse into what are some options out there for those of you guys that are possibly considering engineering in aerospace or not even in aerospace, to be honest, because I'm realizing myself that not everyone that I work with are aerospace people. Yeah, so. I don't think I work with actually work with like one other aerospace student right so you see that's like that's something that might be shocking and so we could all get into that uh, so i guess it would be <laughs> it's all <Andy>. software <laughs> uh, that that was like our mantra for last season and i think it's going to carry into this one uh, yeah so andrew did, i don't know if we ever talked about on the podcast what you do and what i do we briefly mentioned it but maybe I can start off and then we could, I mean, you can jump in whenever you want and agree yeah. or disagree. Yeah. Go for so it. I'm just going to say this straight up. And so I, I work in a flight test facility, okay, for Boeing. And that flight test facility does testing. Shocker. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? So th this is one of the options, obviously, for uh, those of you guys that are interested in aerospace engineering or um, those of you guys that are interested in aerospace in general, we need to test our airplanes. And so something that happens in my area is we are, we're always running tests. And so I'm always seeing planes go by. I'm always hearing planes rattle the building I'm in. Uh, I can go outside and I can see planes go off all the time. And so that's just something that I really enjoy about the work. Of course, there are other things about the work that I can't quite disclose uh, out of uh, just trying to side on being safe, I guess. That was such a weird way to word it. But yeah, like basically my, my work has me interface with planes a lot more often than I would say the average person um, that works in aerospace. Because Andrew, I'm pretty sure you don't hear planes going off all the time where you work, right? No, not like our plane. So I work by like within five or six miles of LAX, um, mm -hmm. So I hear planes, but not the kind of planes that you'd expect to hear. Right. 
Right. Um, yeah, but ours, our roles are actually really different. Um, so the cool thing and the bad thing about space is that, you know, it's hard to get there one and two, like once it's up there, it's up there, right? There's no coming back from it. Right. That's why there's so much redundancy built into space missions and so much time goes into these really long programs or, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, you know? And so I actually don't really get to see hardware quite often. Um, one, because a lot of that stuff is tucked away um, on the closed side of things and, you know, often clean rooms and high bays that uh, typically people don't have access to because, you know, you can't go in there. Um, but uh, another reason is just because hardware is super sensitive and, and has to, you know, be protected. Uh, so in order to get around that, they do they also do testing, but a, di- a very different kind of testing. So instead of, you know, sending a plane up and doing, you know, a whole flight uh, with, with the plane, you're doing a lot of um, testing or developing test set software, um, develop or writing test procedures, um, mm-hmm. planning out how those procedures are going to run, thermal vac testing, vibe testing, acoustic testing, all these different kind of testings for all these different kind of payload and satellite. And, and really depending on what the, the satellite vehicle or payload is, um, would kind of dictate the amount of testing and what kind of testing you're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, really different in terms of the, the actual testing and the product me and Johnny or our companies would deliver because Johnny's interacting with that on a daily basis, whereas I'm not. I'm instead interacting with supporting either software, hardware, um, structural stuff, or whatever it is to support right. satellite post-flight and post-launch operations. Right. So, so you work in a place that's a lot more varied in what they do as opposed to where I'm at, where we predominantly are only testing. We don't actually develop or, or, or we, we're not developing new technologies per se on my end, at least from my understanding. I might be wrong on this, but most of the time we're just testing things. And um, I would say making amends to make sure that everything works correctly. Uh, yeah. So on our side of things we do not only do we test but we do do some development uh it's not as uh it definitely not on the so our actually where i work is both air and space but a prime uh, the main focus is space um we do some air vehicle support but not nearly as much we actually have a wind tunnel on campus which i think is pretty cool um i haven't been to it but we have a bunch of high bays. We actually, um, I'll just go ahead and give it away. We have James Webb on site. Um, so that's really Someone's cool to see. Someone's going to steal it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just goes. My manager's going to be like, Andrew, nobody knew about it. And then you said it and now it's stolen. There's now. a lot of people that do know about it from my understanding. No, I know. I know. Yeah. It's very <laughs> common. It's very like, yeah. It's like some knowledge. part of the reason why people go. You could, they actually had tours, public tours prior to COVID. Well, I, and like I high don't schools. know if I'll ever be able to see it, but we'll see. RIP. Uh, so yeah, we we I actually don't know where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> they do they do development. They, they do, do space in it. Yeah, air, they, but more they space. do. They do uh, launch vehicle stuff. And so in the where location where I work is in proximity to other facilities that are owned by Northrop. 
So the other facilities actually focus on air vehicle stuff. Um, and they kind of work with each other indirectly through some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of these components and Johnny, I'm sure um, it's the same for you guys. You just probably don't see it as much. All the, A lot of the components that they use on air and space, like these sensors and, and you know, whatever it is, are like heritage components that they're reusing right. from back in the day right. because they work. So why fix them? If it's not broke, don't fix it. So they reuse it and basically recycle this technology because there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that's a so really you could good actually, point, actually see yeah, go on. you could actually sorry, you could actually see overlap between air and space in some some settings because, you know, an airplane needs sensors, space vehicles also need sensors. And so sometimes they could be, I guess, multifaceted, if that's what you want to call them. Um, and they'd work uh, in, 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 and they're interchangeable. And that doesn't always happen, but, you know, it can happen. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot of development. They do a lot of testing there, like I was saying. Um, they do. So when I was speaking to my manager, he said, our location is known for making the impossible possible. I don't know how true that is, but. Um, I think it's something cool to think about and, you know, it is really exciting. Some of the stuff that they have work going on there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that it's very different from, cause what you're explaining seems like as we, as I stated earlier in the podcast, it, it sounds very, very broad. There's a lot going on, you know, there's space stuff going on and there's also stuff that has to do with airplanes. Um, so it looks like there's a lot of places you can go to in the case that you don't like where you're at at the point at that moment, right? And I, that's something that I've noticed about the companies too. I noticed at least on my with Boeing, if you don't like where you're at, you can ask and they'll they'll move you around. Um, and it's like no hard feelings. Now it might be harder on you because you have to learn again, and you're not going to really be settled until right. You like you stay in a place for a long period of time. But I've noticed the flexibility in that. Um, Wait, that's the same case for you, right? With Northrop? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could move. They like they want to keep you happy right. no matter where right. it is. And like, I think if you develop a relationship with your peers and your manager, of course, they're going to want you to stay there. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think the more the most important thing to them is that they retain talent um, because you are like the future of the company. And it is really kind of weird to think about it. I didn't think about it until this internship but you know we or people i shouldn't i i'm not gonna say directly me and you because i don't know mm-hmm. what your career plan is and to be frank i don't know what my career plan is but um, there are leaders within our like graduating year i'll say that you know are going to be in in like leadership roles director roles you know even vp roles what are all these different roles that are going to be you know the future of Boeing or Northrop and, you know, even other companies, Lockheed, Raytheon, right? All these other companies that have people, talent coming in. Uh, so they want to keep you for the long haul because you're there since the beginning. And, you know, we're new minds. We have a different outlook on things um, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And my manager said something to me the other day, which I really didn't think of. He said, like, your generation is so important to us because... We're developing like flight interface for air and space. Flight interfaces have changed so drastically, right? It went from being all old analog dials and switches right. to now, if you look at SpaceX, it's a touchscreen computer, right? 
Yeah. And that's important. We're important to that because we grew up playing video games and we understand what a good like graphical UI. user interface looks yeah, like in UI completely. and what works and what doesn't. And so we're the ones that can, are going to be developing this in the future to make sure that, you know, either the pilot flying the plane or the, the crew, you know, in the space vehicle is happy and, and comfortable with, you know, operating that vehicle. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to think about how, how much of an impact we'll have on the company in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's something that I'm pretty excited for and is definitely a career goal of mine. Uh, but going into that regarding, I guess, the things that we can do, I guess a good question to ask might be the things that we have done up to this point. So I was wondering, cause well, I, I guess I should go in, into a little bit of detail. Um, I, I did have a lead up regarding some question I asked earlier and I just wanted to explain, yeah, Andrew's site and campus at, with Northrop where he is at is varied. And so there's a lot of opportunity to go around to different, um, what is it? I, I don't want to say topics necessarily, but different teams will say that's probably projects. a little bit more appropriate or projects. Um, also the campus that I'm at with Boeing, though it's flight test, there's a lot that goes into supporting flight test. And so um, I guess <laughs> the one that I'm on is data systems. So I'm working on data analysis. So that means it, it doesn't sound anything like what you would associate with flight test. But what I do is I, I'm creating code that helps with data filtering. And so if you guys are worried about, I guess, oh, I, I don't want to go to a site that is so specific on one thing, even in that one specific thing, there's going to be a lot that goes into supporting it. So um, I guess moral of the story is, you know, go out there and just kind of do, you know, don't, don't let the title of the site, I guess, scare you. But going into that, I guess I kind of spilled the beans there and saying that what I do specifically and what I've achieved up to this point in my small stint at Boeing is uh, I'm, I'm just coding and creating programs. And it's probably not that far away from what Andrew's doing either. And this, again, as I was saying before, this is our mantra, but I'm creating code and I literally sit in a corner a predominant amount of the day of <laughs> coding. Uh, it's either that or I'm in meetings. And I'm noticing that that's a pretty common occurrence. Uh, there's so many meetings and... It might be because of COVID. I don't know. Andrew, you're probably in meetings all day too, but um, it's either- Actually, not as much as I thought I would be. Really? Really? I, I feel like I'm in at least two or three meetings a day. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I, 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 there are days where I have a bunch, but not every day. Like, there's some days where I don't have any. It's beautiful. Yeah. But the, the, the meetings are- Well, I appreciate the meetings because it's either that or I'm sitting in the corner by myself coding. And, you know, it, it's it's because of the team I'm on and I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. However, I, I'm learning as I'm doing this internship that maybe coding is, is it's not necessarily what I want to be doing all day. I, I enjoy coding to a certain extent, but it's definitely not something I want to do, especially if I'm doing it by myself. And I will be honest, I'm lonely sometimes <laughs> when I'm coding. But yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. I'm, I'm creating a program and it's it's going to be used. And it's going to precede my internship. And so at least one aspect of what a flight test location does is coding and working on data system analysis. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Uh, you know, you can work on avionics. You can work on, I don't think we do structures out here, but 
there's a lot of different things that you could end up doing out here. And so um, it's not just one thing where we're not just looking for flight test engineers out here. And I probably should have explained what flight test engineers do, but it's basically testing. You guys can Google it if you guys want, but it's basically testing things. Uh, so yeah, just that's my quick spiel on it. But uh, Andrew, I'm curious to hear what you, well, I, I guess I'm not that curious, but everyone else is curious to hear what you wow. have been doing. You don't care what I do? <laughs> mm, I already heard it. Like, <laughs> I do care. Uh, I do care. Let's see. What do I do? Um, so I actually work on two pr major pr projects, um, programmers, already, I guess you would call them. Me, huh? <laughs> no, not. That's because I, I had a little bit of free time, so I reached out to some people, but um i am also coding shocker um, Shocker. i i don't want to say that i'm developing a program because even though i am um i don't know i guess let me ask you something so if you were writing code for like a, a tool i call it a tool because when i hear program i think of like microsoft excel or matlab or solidworks or visio whatever it is right i think of like these programs but when I think of like a code, even though I know that programs are made up of code, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really think that it's like a program. So if I was, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm I'm developing a tool, which I guess you could interchangeably call a program if you really wanted to. That will also, I guess, be around after my life or after not my, wow, maybe not my life. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not my life maybe my I'm just my internship um so i'm actually working on two and they're both really intertwined and the reason for that is because i kind of laid the groundwork for the second project by doing the first um mm -hmm. and so what the tool does is does a lot of orbital analysis um and it's to basically support well one is to do a lot of satellite analysis and look at uh, like network parameters, things that are important to, you know, the payload and, and the bus and, and also the customer. Um, but the second one is actually more for post-launch operation. So looking at things like um, where the satellite is, where it's pointing, stuff like that. All of those mm -hmm. things are important to the customer and to the payload. And the tool that I'm developing or the software, whatever you want to call it, be able to, will be able to tell you um, a lot about the vehicle and payload um, every day or every week, however much you know you want to generate these reports, basically, and uh, say, hey, the satellite's here, um, and we expect it to be here in the next 24, 48 hours, um, and this is why it's important to you type thing. So just doing a lot of that, um, trying to make it, going back to why we're so important, trying to make it in in a package or in a way that really user friendly that's really user friendly so mm -hmm. you know to me it's really important that i can with all my tools not just at work um like this goes back to the classes that we worked in like composites um i think something that's really important for me is that i could be able to you know hand my code to somebody and you know if i really wanted to document it really well so that they could just read the document really quick and be able to use it, um, mm -hmm. and then they and they don't have to be an expert in orbital mechanics or space vehicle design, space uh, orbit design, or anything like that. Because if you develop a tool in such a way, in that way, I guess um, 
think you're developing a really robust tool that allows for a lot of flexibility um, and also can be used in the future uh, by not only your team, but other teams. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's basically what I do. Um, that was kind of a long-winded response. No, that was better than mine for sure. I guess I should have explained what program I'm creating. I was really bleh about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but what, I mean, Andrew, I, I guess what we're realizing here is that coding is quite important. And I, I should have... <laughs> I, honestly, though, honestly, it's it's becoming something that I think is almost a necessity. And I, I, I'm in a situation where I'm able to actually provide work and contribute in a meaningful way due to my ability to code. Oh, for sure. I think personally for me with the situation I'm in, and I, I don't want to go too much into it here, but Andrew, I think you're aware of the situation. Uh, if I didn't know how to code, I think I would not be given meaningful tasking by my manager, by my, my team lead. I think I'd be given busy work. And that's not because of the, uh, because my manager or my team lead are doing a poor job. It's just because of, you know, just the situation I'm in. And so the ability to have the skill to code has provided, I guess, an out for me to be able to actually contribute in a meaningful way um, and allows for my manager, allows for my team lead to be in a position to be able to, it makes their job easier too, because they're not feeling so bad about it. Because I'm realizing the man, my manager, my team lead, all of them are are trying to help me out. They're not trying to oh, yeah. help themselves out, and so they feel bad if they can't give me work. They they understand all of this, and so it makes it easier for them to do their job as well. For like when I'm the one that's able to code, and so I know it sounds very dumb. It could be like you could probably replace that with a lot of other skills and attributes, like oh, my ability to communicate, my ability to. Um, I guess, be able to learn and be easy to um, teach, right? All of these things are, yes, those are very important. Don't get me wrong. And 100% my manager said those are important attributes, but I think one that's more technical and more tangible would be that of coding. And I know that we stress it a lot, but I'm going to stress it once again. It has helped me out and I think it'll continue to help me out in the future as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, if you want another, if you want me to beat a dead horse, um, there the future of like testing space vehicle is automating tests because mm -hmm. tests are really time intensive and uh, time. You know the old saying, "Time is money." You have to put an engineer on it. It's you know engineers make mistakes. You have to redo the whole test. Yada yada yada. Right. The list goes on. Right. Um, if you could automate test sets such that you don't have to have an engineer you don't have to have five engineers in the room to you know send commands to a uh like a whatever whatever it is um like a, a motor or acs system right and the code that you wrote parses through and sends it automatically and automatically detects if if, if the condition is pass fail like you could you could literally in theory have a program written so that 24 hours a day you're running tests and then it would generate a report that's saying, Hey, this is where you passed. This is where you failed. Fix this. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it would be so much more efficient than having an engineer. And so the future of it is automation and the future of automation is code. And yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, all the tasking that I've had and me being so successful in it and like my manager 
saying like, hey, you do really good work is all because I have like strong foundations in code. Um, yeah. And like the being able to like use it to my advantage and like run my analysis in a particular way has made my job easier too. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it makes a company's job easier. And I think, again, to beat a horse, a dead horse here, <laughs> we're just going to continue to say how great coding is as aerospace engineering students. Um, but the world is evolving in a way where data is becoming bigger and bigger, meaning we're not taking in kilobytes of data or mega megabytes or gigabytes anymore. We're going into terabytes. Um, and that's even putting it lightly. So just for example, I believe um, a, a flight out at my location, approximately like four hours, we'll say. I don't know if that's accurate. It, it ranges, it ranges, but four hours, we'll say. I believe that's at least a terabyte of data, at least. And so imagine that now trying to go through all of that information by a person, like one person or even a group of people will say going through all that information as opposed to a, a program that's able to do that or multiple programs that are doing that instead. Um, it's just, it's so much more efficient to be able to have um, code, be able to do the analysis or do the filtering, find out anomalies, write up, uh, not write up, but show all of that information to uh, just less people or a couple people. Just makes this, the, the whole process a lot more efficient. And back then it might've been more possible to work with a couple of engineers or a couple of people that are doing analytics with less data, but now data is becoming a lot more, um, I, I want to say heavy. I don't know if that's the right word to use. And so it just makes a lot more sense. And this is obviously coming from a biased perspective on my end where I'm thinking only about data. Cause that's literally my tasking all the time is data, data, data. Um, well, that's not true. But that's my main tasking. And so that's just what I think about. And it just makes sense that, you know, we we start to go towards a place where we have a greater dependence on simpler tasks. Uh, we would hope that the computer is able to handle that so we can handle other tasks that are probably of more higher priority or something yeah. that may not be as easy for a computer to do or not even a computer, but a programmer to create. So it just makes sense from that perspective at and I'm pretty sure you agree with that as well. So, yeah, I definitely agree. And like, I'm not going to continue on and continue to harp on it, but something that, you know, is very similar and intertwined with what you just said is that in the, in the business of space vehicles specifically. So this is where my, what I do and your, you do differ drastically. So even though you're focused on, you know, reducing data that you get from flight testing, and I'm producing my own data through whatever analysis I choose to do. Um, mm. At the end of the day, you're concerned with data and I am helping a team of engineers put a space vehicle space satellite into orbit, whatever it is. And all I care about really, all, all the deliver deliverable in that entire situation is just because we want the data. Because if you think about it, the satellites in space, right? Floating around, but that, that doesn't concern anybody. It's only the deliverable that we actually get out of it, which is, mm -hmm. you know, weather data or whatever it is. So right. it's really important in that aspect too. So That's a yeah. very good point. 
data is driving the world and we will continue to need higher and higher, I guess, fidelity um, systems to support this and, and like continue aerospace if we want to be a leader in aero. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's what we basically do in general. I don't know how else to put it. We're just data fiends. <laughs> We're always looking for it. We're like, I'm not, not data. But, I mean, that's a light way to put it. But I mean, is, is there anything else you wanted to cover on your end? Any other questions you had regarding uh, the things that we've covered? It didn't really turn out the way that I imagined it, but I think it was still pretty good. The episode or your job? Oh, dang, that's real dark. Um, no, no, the no, 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 I mean, oh, I was, I was <laughs> legitimately asking. Yeah, no, the episode, no. I, I thought we'd be able to go more into, and I, I guess more into like what happens on our respective campuses, but we just ended oh, up Oh, I saying, can tell you more. I can tell, I can say more. So they do, but they literally do everything. Like, I feel like if you name it where I work has it, in some some way shape or form uh-huh. um they have so many different kind of vehicles they have so many different purposes they all have different missions have a bunch of legacy stuff too mm-hmm. um like i i feel like they literally do everything james webb is going up in a couple months it's the largest payload ever to be launched into space um Dang. so that'll be exciting it'll be going out sometime that we don't know when um, <laughs> might get pushed back well it, they're not supposed we're not supposed to say i don't actually know because i'm not on the program so sorry um but i even if i was i wouldn't be able to say um right. i don't know if they tell them exact specifics uh but yeah they do they do everything like i feel like if you you literally i've talked to stress engineers thermal engineers talked to ACS engineers. I've talked to, uh, sorry, attitude control systems. Um, I've talked to orbital people. I've talked to all the people that I like ref- reflect my interests, but there's still so much more out of it. Like they do material testing. They do material qualifying. Wow. They do um, all kinds of manufacturing, subtractive, additive. Like they do everything, man. Dang, for sure. Yeah, I, I guess the question that I would want to follow up with is if you were to give a, a summary uh, or we'll, we'll say like a sales pitch regarding your job to someone to try, try to get them hyped up regarding, I guess, the position you have or the campus you're at, how would you put it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess... You can you can dwell on that while I I, I say mine because you know I I thought of the answer since I thought of the question as well. I think yeah. if you want to be working at a flight test site, if you really like to be up close to planes, uh, if you like to interface with pilots, if you like to see them go off all the time, and if you like a lot of drama because <laughs> that happens here too, <laughs> people, uh, yeah, people can get in the way of your work. If you like all of that, and that that last part was a joke, obviously. But if you like if you like planes, right, and you see them taking off, you like taking see them taking off all the time and interfacing, touching planes, all that all that jazz. If you like that kind of stuff, which I feel like most people do, I think at least, uh, I think a test a flight test site is a very good place for you. 
Now it might come at the expense of other things. I live out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and you know, work is life right now for me. But if that is something you're willing to, you know, sacrifice, then I think a flight test site may possibly be a good place for you. Now, there are other flight test sites aside from mine, and you will still have the same kind of opportunity. But um, yeah, basically, you like planes, you like touching them, you like interfacing with them, you may like where I work, flight testing. Yeah. On the but, other hand, if, if you, you like don't planes, like planes. <laughs> okay. yeah, I was going to say, if you really like planes, don't come to where I work. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, it's just a different kind of environment. Like I said, um, if you want to be involved in like a lot of cool and have a lot of cool opportunities, I think working in like a campus that's has a mix of air and space would be really cool and would be really beneficial. Um, there's like so much opportunity and so many different programs to work on so much projects, so many projects going on. Like you could support more than one project like I've been doing and hopefully will continue to do um, because I just kind of like having a little bit of everything going on. Um, so th there's that. And, and like, you know, from a lot of the people say like from, from birth to death, um, like you're there when, when the, it's just a concept and you're still in like design but then you're also there when it's, you know, integrated, when it's tested, when it's launched, even post-launch, you go on comm in some cases, some teams get to go on comm and, you know, support launch operations and say, hey, where's our vehicle? Where should it be? How do we get there? If we're not where we want to be, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're into that, that's definitely, that's where like, I'm really excited to be involved. Like, yes, sign me up, send me out for a couple days um i'd love to do that uh but yeah i think it's it's there's some really cool stuff going on at where i work and also where you work too it's just different kind of cool right right so i mean i think it's, it's good to show that there's a spectrum and we both happen to lie oh i don't want to say on opposite ends but they're pretty different so you know there's also going to probably going to be something that lies somewhere in between but I think it's good to show that there's two different stories that end up kind of with we're coming from the same school with similar passions. And yet, you know, here we are in very different places. So, yeah. Yeah. And we worked a lot of the same projects. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take the same classes. Yes, sir. All that jazz. Yeah. So that about wraps it up, I think, unless you have anything else you want to add to it, man. Sure, I'll add a question. Yeah, um, I have a question. Let's see. It's a quick one though. Okay. Maybe we could ask uh, mine too. <laughs> I I feel like I know what your answer is gonna be. So for the sake of not beating a dead horse to death again, mm -hmm. let's refrain from saying that software is important. Okay. And tr so try to answer this. What do you think the single most important thing is you learned this summer and why? Single most, okay, no, software wouldn't be the answer though. So let me just put that out there first. Um, okay. I think the most important thing is really, and this may come off as a very cliche answer as well, but ask a lot of questions and don't be afraid to look dumb. Um, I think for me, something that really stuck out, and I don't know if you guys can tell by, by my personality, but I'm a pretty extroverted guy. 
And I guess that's a blessing in disguise in this situation because um, it works in a way where I, I, I guess I'm not ashamed to ask questions. There's a lot of questions you, you end up asking, especially as an intern, when you're trying to acclimate to a, a big company like Boeing or Northrop. Um, we, we said in our last episode, I believe that there's just so many acronyms and abbreviations. And I am not I like, I, I ask like, what does that mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And like, I will ask again if I need to. Um, oftentimes these, these other engineers will say these acronyms and they will assume that you know them um, because they've been talking that way for X amount of years. And I'm here not even a year in. So asking those kinds of questions and looking dumb is absolutely a good thing to either keep as a skill or acquire uh, before you go into, I think, I mean, honestly, you should be school too, right? But um, in particular, I would want to say, in a, especially for a, a person that's starting off in their career in engineering, I would say it's, it's good to ask questions. Uh, a lot of these people are not going to knock you down for asking questions. And oftentimes, they really actually like to answer questions. And sometimes they'll have a lot of stories that go with those questions which might, you might have to end up sitting 30 minutes to an hour <laughs> listening to a story that was like, I just wanted to know where the bathroom was. I'm, like, I'm kidding. That's that, right. But like something like, you know, a very simple question could end up becoming a really good story to hear. So uh, with that in conclusion, I think one of the most important things I've learned, I um, mean, it's not, it, it's been more reinforced for me, not learned. So maybe I'm twisting the question a little bit, but it's really to ask questions. And I think that's a very good um, skill or whatever, whatever you want to call it, something to have as you go into, especially the beginning of your career. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. Um, I don't think that's something that I would have thought out right off the bat, but it's. I think it is really important. Um, I work with a manager who openly admits that she does not know what we need to, you know, mm -hmm. to develop certain things, and because of that, she says, "Hey, like Andrew, can you set up these meetings so me and you could both learn." because I want to make sure that you're getting the right information and I also want to learn. So mm -hmm. yeah, even, you know, in a manage at, in a high level management role, you're never going to stop learning. You're always going to have to ask questions and all these things. Uh, so it's really important. But for me personally, I think that, and I think I've said this before, I apologize if I'm repeating this, but um, it's just school's not end all, the end all be all. You're not going to learn everything. You don't come out of school as an expert. Uh, very little of what I've learned in school is applied directly. <laughs> I, would, I would say most of what I learned is just, or, or most of what I am applying is programming. The information is in limbo. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's your your degree shows that you are willing to learn to step out of your comfort zone to 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 go through the pain and suffering, and and that's what they're hiring you for to teach yourself, to learn, to, to be resourceful, um, and just, you know, uh, be a good critical thinker. You're getting paid to think. So yeah. you're not paid for the degree. You're not paid for your, I guess you are paid for your experience, but you know, you're at the end of the day, you're getting paid to think, to be a critical thinker, to solve problems. So, uh, take that with what you will. Um, and yeah, take, take, take what you learn, good stuff what you learn in school i think what me and johnny learned is good stuff but it's not always directly ap applicable and i don't think it always will be yeah i agree i agree absolutely a hundred percent 
I was going to ask you my question, but I think we could save it for the next episode as a means of accountability because we haven't our track record for season two is no bueno. And it uh, and it'll make it easier for us so that we don't have to think of a question next time. Okay, so maybe we should address the fact that we totally screwed up this summer. So I I we apologize for not recording. Uh, we were busy, but I think we're going to do every other week. Yeah, every other week is uh, we we could do every other week, absolutely. And then when school starts, I we guess we'll start talk about it that up again, possibly. Yeah, honestly, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs> guys we're, we're going just into, like we're going through <laughs> we're going we're gonna go into capstone soon and or senior design and for all i know that could be like the hardest every single semester i'm like that last semester is pretty rough and then i go into the well, next semester and i'm like oh it won't be as bad and then it's, it's even worse so the trend of the way things are going i'm pretty sure this semester is going to be bad but let's hope for the opposite okay so f- i mean not to get sidetracked this is an episode on its own but from what I've heard, capstone isn't like that bad. It's just you. So you're not learning anything new. That's the problem. Anytime they say we're not teaching you anything new, you know, you're in trouble, but you're not learning anything entirely new. You're just taking everything you learned and applying it. And it's supposed to be not that bad, but it's just the amount of work is pretty intense. We should do like a, a, a mid capstone review for us for everybody out there and let them know our suffering actually yeah. it'd be really good because you're doing air and i'm doing space so everyone but everyone's capstone across different aerospace programs is different yeah um, and on top of that other engineer other engineering majors do capstone as well but you know we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes i think that is a good idea um but again we do apologize for our lack of uploading but we will be more consistent for like the last, for the next one or two episodes before you go back to school. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're, you know, we, what happened was we, we provided such stellar service the first time around. We couldn't, you know, keep you guys. I don't even know where I was going <laughs> with that. All right. I think that, I think that means we're out. <laughs> we're done. Good night, everybody. See you guys.